eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp here with Blake Alderman. We're coming at you with an emergency edition of the podcast here on Wednesday afternoon. And, uh, Blake, I mean, it, it's been a pretty wild week for Florida football so far. Yeah, Thomas, it seems like uh, the wild the wild and crazy seems to come out when Florida LSU week happens. Um, it's definitely been an eventful day. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of questions about the game, and, and Florida filled you guys in, you know, with a Zoom call earlier. So why don't you fill us in? Well, first and foremost, Florida and LSU are not going to be playing this weekend. Uh, Florida has – a number of positive COVID cases. Right now, the number is at uh, 18 positives among scholarship players. There's three walk-ons that have also tested positive. So 21 guys on the football team have now tested positive for COVID-19. There's also a couple staff members, uh, a couple coaches that have tested positive as well. We don't have an exact number on the amount of assistant coaches when it comes to those on-field coaches, you know, the guys that are able to be working hands-on with the players. But we do know that at least two of those assistant coaches have tested positive. Dan Mullen kind of shared that with us today on a, on a conference call. But for now, Florida LSU is postponed tentatively. Tentatively, the SEC says that game will be played at the bye week at the end of the season that the league had everybody, you know, having a bye on December 12th. So for now, Florida LSU moved to December 12th. Um, we'll get into a little bit more about the scheduling and some of the ramifications that could take place, uh, you know, going forward. But, Blake, I guess the big question for now is basically they've just got to get a handle on this thing. Yeah, you know, it does. This is already, uh, uh, you know, something that had popped up. I believe it was Vanderbilt, Missouri was another game that, you know, that had to be, uh, you know, shuffled around. So it does seem like Florida is, I guess, in, 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 in you know, being very careful. They're going to, you know, really kind of try to contain this thing. And I guess going forward, the biggest thing is just to keep, you know, just keep things on schedule. You know, now you look forward to, you know, is everything going to be okay for the Missouri game? Just because you don't want to continue to have to keep shuffling a lot of these games around. I think big picture, that's what Florida needs to do from here. Yeah, so and, and in talking about whether or not that Missouri game gets played at this point, I think it's important to kind of lay out the timeline of how this all unfolded. So basically in talking to Scott Strickland, Florida's athletics director, it sounds like late last week there were a couple guys, and it sounded like maybe only two guys, uh, but basically guys that had mild symptoms and for whatever reason didn't report them. Um, and basically I think he said there was one guy that had a headache and there was another guy that had some light congestion. So anyway, the team gets tested, I believe, on Fridays before they, you know, travel to Texas A&M. So when they tested Friday, obviously they had announced, I think they had had one player that had tested positive or something. They had a couple guys that were out for that. 
But, you know, the guys that they traveled, they assumed were healthy. Well, turns out a couple of those guys likely had COVID at that point. And so when the team got back and started issuing its test Sunday, um, by Sunday evening, that's when the trainer started to become concerned. Uh, apparently, a couple of players called the trainer and, and reported that they were having symptoms. And so at that point, Florida called off its Monday morning team meeting and decided not to host that uh, to, to make sure that they kind of had a handle on this. They went to daily testing instead of the um, – I believe it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday testing or Sunday, Wednesday, Friday testing, I think it was before that. So anyway, by Monday, they're now going to daily testing. And basically what happened is the cat was already out of the bag. They started getting more and more positive test results on Monday, uh, decided that, you know, at Tuesday, yesterday, as we reported to basically pause all football activities. Um, and again, they, I know that today they were doing more daily tests, hoping that some of these would turn up as false negatives. And, and what that means is, you know, if they identify a test as a false negative, it means that somebody that has previously tested positive has now tested negative twice. Um, I don't know that they've had any false negatives. We don't have that information yet. Obviously, everything is very fluid. Um, but for now, having 21 positives meant that basically Florida was going to be below 50 scholarship players for this, this LSU game. And at that point, they're below the league minimums. Uh, the decision was made to postpone the game. And uh, Blake, I guess in talking about that timeline, the real key part here, if Florida is going to move ahead and play Missouri, is basically Florida's following the CDC guidelines on, on quarantining and contact tracing. And so for players that have actually tested positive, um, they will have to quarantine for 10 days from the first onset of symptoms. And obviously for asymptomatic people, that means from the, basically from their positive test result. Um, so those guys are out at least 10 days that would put, put you potentially middle of next week at the earliest for some of these players that tested positive to return. Right. So you're already potentially eating into practice time before you go uh, host Missouri. If that game happens as scheduled now, seeing what the NFL has done, I think obviously there's the chance that they could maybe bump that game back a day or two, potentially play on a Monday, uh, play on a Tuesday. Scott Strickland was asked about that. Uh, on the teleconference call with reporters. And he basically said, never say never. You know, this is a year where we're going to have to adjust to just about anything. Um, but for guys that are identified through the contact tracing, as opposed to an actual positive test, meaning guys that have come in close contact with some of these other people. And quite frankly, Blake, that's likely to be the case, given that the team traveled and was on a plane. I know that they've adjusted some of those protocols. But if you see the, the for people that are isolated via contact tracing, they actually have to quarantine for 14 days from the last contact that they had with that positive. So that's the real concern when you're talking about the Missouri game is 14 days from, you know, guys that maybe had contact with players that tested Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, that puts you past that Missouri game window already. Um, so it's going to be really tricky. I think um, I, I'll go ahead and say, I don't like the SEC, the way the SEC is handling this right now. Um, I was thinking this, even when they postponed earlier in the week, the Missouri Vanderbilt Vanderbilt game that the league is really kind of taking the easy way out by pushing these games to December 12th. I think that's a mistake because I think right now, the way the league schedule is set up, all of these teams are getting into their week four, week five and week six bye weeks. Meaning that's the times that you have that is not necessarily at that end of the schedule that you could potentially move things around and playing an all league slate. They have the capability. There's some different ways they can easily move, maybe say two or three games and then still get these games in kind of in the heart of the schedule while leaving that back end open. I don't like the way the SEC has taken the easy way out. Again, if you have a situation where, say, Florida has just ballpark, say Florida has 20 guys 
out for contact tracing for the next 14 days. How, you know, are they going to be able to play Missouri? I don't know. And then, so what happens if you have to schedule reschedule two games, all of a sudden you've taken away that window on the back end. So there's a lot that's going to have to be sorted through here. Um, you know, I mean, we're, we're still kind of just getting our heads around it at this point. It's been, it's been a crazy last few days, Blake. I know that, you know, you've been helping me kind of distributing all this content and, and getting it out to people, but um, I don't know, man, like what, what's your, where are you at right now with all this? You know, I think right now it's, for me, it's, 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 I, I can start to feel some concern, you know, just because of the sheer, I guess just the, the unknowns, because you're getting to a point where, like you said, where it's getting tricky with figuring out these schedules. You know, Florida has obviously already boxed himself into, uh, you know, into, into a bit of a corner with moving this LSU Florida game tentatively to this December 12th weekend. But what if they can't play this Missouri game? You put things different ways. I just think that they've given more questions and they've given a little bit more headaches for this game planning, you know, just going forward. I think that I, I totally agree with you. I think that there are other ways than to just kind of backload the schedules there. Um, just because you don't know, you know, in a situation like with Florida, you know, I mean, it, it could affect the Missouri game. You know, if you can't move it to a couple of days later, like the NFL can, you know, I, I think that just brings more questions. So I do feel that just where I guess just the game planning has gone has created more questions than there has answers. And I think that that's giving kind of the, uh, I guess, uneasy feeling going forward here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, uh, I don't know. It's a mess. It's a mess. Do you feel like it's time to, I, I guess like what's your concern level just because you've kind of, you know, you've been hearing from Mullen, you've been hearing from Scott Strickland, you know, you've really kind of gotten a really good pulse on what's going on. I mean, it, do you feel like your concern level with everything going on is starting to, I guess, rise going forward? I mean, it definitely is. I mean, honestly, the fact that we were able to get through the first three weeks of the season without any games being pushed back, you know, you look at all these other conferences, they, they've obviously gone through it from day one. Uh, and so to think that the SEC was somehow going to get through all this unscathed, I think was a little unrealistic. And that's, that's part of why I'm a little frustrated that the SEC is, is kind of kicking the can down the road and taking the easy way out here is because they've seen other conferences have these issues. So you would think that they would be a little bit more aggressive in trying to reschedule and, and retinker things now while they have these windows. You know, once you get past week six, nobody's got a bye week on the schedule anymore until that December 12th. So, um, you know, I mean, who weeks, but then, then again, you're getting into exams and I like, it's just such a crazy year. I, I don't know exactly how this is going to all shake out. Um, you know, I, even just doing this show, we call it an emergency pod for a reason. We, we haven't really scripted this one out or anything. Uh, I'm trying to just, you know, go back through my mind on, on everything that we touched on on the call with Scott Strickland to see if there's anything relevant that we've missed. I guess uh, one thing that, you know, that they noted is they're not exactly sure where the COVID cases came from. Um, you know, it, it, there's no obvious this guy went to a bar, that kind of thing. Scott Strickland said that he believes it probably happened at some point, you know, on their travel. And obviously there's no pinpoint, you know, decision there on, on when, you know, what does that mean? Does that mean somebody picked it up from somebody at the team hotel? Does that mean, uh, you know, fans spread it while at the game? He said they thought that was pretty unlikely given that, you know, there's not really any documented history of, of this being spread outdoors at an event like that. Um, but I think, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier, just the, the, the size of the travel locker rooms is obviously a big issue. You know, Florida hasn't really been using their locker rooms. They've been out in the, you know, the, the indoor practice facility, even as the weight room and stuff like that. So they've really made an effort not to be in uh, contained indoor spaces. And obviously when you're traveling on the road, I mean, anybody that's been to it, well, I, I mean, I guess I shouldn't assume people have seen them, but, but visiting locker rooms, you know, even at the SEC level are tiny. I mean, they're very tiny. So, um, I think, you know, it's just, uh, 
I don't know. It's, it's one of those things that, you know, even, even listening to Scott Strickland is, as, um, as poised as he is and as, as strong a leadership as he has shown. I mean, there were questions that he just didn't have the answers to. So I think it's, I don't know. I mean, it's just going to be one of these things we're going to, you know, have to adjust on the fly and, you know, for, for everybody. I mean, it's not just Florida football. It's, it's really everybody. It's a societal thing. You know, we're going to, we're going to go through swings and waves and um, I don't know, man, just, it kind of is what it is at this point. I guess now that we've kind of beaten this, you know, the, the topic of this emergency podcast to death, you did get a chance to talk with Mullen. Um, obviously, Scott Strickland's call was more geared towards, you know, this postponement of the game. But I guess did Mullen have anything other, you know, noteworthy things to say during his time on the SEC teleconference on Wednesday? Um, not really, unless you're, you know, you're worked up about uh, his comments about packing the swamp. I think that's, you know, been a popular issue in, in the media, at least this week. Um, you know, I, I thought – I thought Mullen's comments Saturday after the game were, were pretty ill-advised. I mean, I know that the governor in the state has, has allowed uh, stadiums to go full capacity, but obviously none of the pro teams in the state have done it. No other colleges have done it. Um, and I think, I, I think really that was just Mullen in the heat of the moment, frustrated that his team had lost and kind of blown an opportunity in a game that they should have won. You know, couldn't get off the field defensively. I'm sure he was very, very frustrated by the Malik Davis fumble. But I think – I just think it was it was an off color comment uh, made in the heat of the moment that you know frankly he deserved a little bit of criticism for. I mean, it's just not good to have leadership kind of pushing that position, and then you know you look at it in hindsight now on Wednesday, and it's like, uh, okay, man, like we're gonna have ninety thousand in the swamp, but you guys with all your rigid protocols and testing can't even you know keep the team COVID free. Like, what what are we talking about here? So I think there was you know that's been a big topic early in the week, and I think Mullen did a good job, basically kind of walking that back on Wednesday, you know, he, he basically apologized uh, for that and said basically that, you know, he, the intent of his message was more so that they want to try to create as good an environment in the swamp as they can. And, and more so he was kind of hitting at that rather than, you know, making demands about, you know, the administration, maybe opening the doors in the swamp to more people and stuff like that. And, and to be clear, Scott Strickland kind of put a bow on that, you know, this afternoon saying that, you know, they're going to follow the, recommended protocols by the local health experts and that that number that 17,000 in the stadium is not changing unless the social distancing guidelines change that's basically the number that they can fit in while still practically putting in that six foot of distance in between different groups of fans different pods of seats so no I don't, I don't think there was a whole lot from Mullen I mean obviously you know everybody was kind of focused on the COVID, you know, situation here and, and how that would unfold and I think we we kind of had an idea that it was coming to this you know, even really by yesterday afternoon, you know, when the, the, the number then was 19 positives, obviously they've turned up a couple more since uh, it became very clear that, that this game probably wasn't going to get played. So that's, that's well, where we are. Well, man, it sounds like you have absolutely no good news to say. So I guess it's good for me that I have a little bit of good news to bring to the podcast. Go ahead, man. I actually put in a new 24-7 sports crystal ball for a, a 2021 target for the Florida Gators, an offensive lineman, a four-star offensive lineman in Yusuf Mugerbill. Uh, he's a four-star offensive lineman, uh, kind of a swing guard, right tackle type of guy. Um, he actually uh, was able to take a visit to campus, obviously dead period, wasn't able to talk, meet with coaches, anyone around the program. But it's a chance for a guy that's only been able to take a virtual visit to see the campus, you know, have his family there, let them see the site, see things in person. Because a virtual visit does a lot of things. It gives you a taste of what Gainesville has. It shows you, you know, obviously the campus, the, you know, the stadium, game day things. But it's just not quite the same thing as going to see it for yourself. So he was able to come down with his family um, from Sunday to Tuesday and spend a couple, day, uh, couple days down in Gainesville um, and was able to see um, – 
you know, kind of the layout of campus and stuff. I actually, uh, my, myself, uh, 24-7 sports uh, recruiting director, uh, Steve Wolfong, has logged a crystal ball, and another 24-7 sports guy, Clint Brewster, um, has put a, you know, key name right there with the last name there, has put in a, a crystal ball uh, for Moogerville. Not quite sure on a timeline for a decision. I don't know that he's one that's really wanted to wait a long time. In the past, from talking with him, um, he said that he wants to have sometime in October at the probably the absolute latest, maybe early November type of decision there. So um, prediction for a Florida commitment. Can't tell you when that's going to happen, but there has been a prediction made, and it is for the Gators. Well, that's good. I mean, as much as recruiting has been slow with Florida only having a few spots, fans are probably itching for some good news, particularly now that uh... – We've got time to ponder that good news with uh, at least a week off from, from football here. So um, Blake, unless there's anything else, uh, I think that'll probably do it for, for this episode of the podcast. Sounds about right. All right, guys. Well, we will continue to monitor the situation. Um, you know, I, I we're gonna, yeah, normally we'd be previewing the LSU Florida yeah. game. So we just kind of threw everything out the window here. We're going to kind of play it by ear. I don't know when that means we'll be back with the next episode of the podcast. We'll definitely have one uh, at some point next week, particularly if it looks like the, the Missouri game is going to be played as scheduled. Um, but as always, guys, you know that we're up to date with the latest on Swamp247.com. Uh, we, we didn't even do the five-star mailbag this time because it's the uh, you know, emergency edition of the podcast. Didn't even get to thinking that far. Um, but again, to reiterate for everybody that, that maybe is listening to this show for the first time, uh, we really want to make this an interactive program. So we're pushing a five-star mailbag. And basically what that is, is wherever you download the podcast, listen to the podcast, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Player FM, I think that covered them all. Uh, go ahead and leave us a five-star review and leave us a question in the comments of the review. And we will pick from those five-star reviews one of those questions to discuss on the following episode of the podcast. We did it the first episode uh, last, last geez, it seems like it was a week ago, but I guess it was only two days ago. And uh, I thought it was pretty productive, pretty, pretty fun to uh, listen to. So go ahead and get those five-star reviews in, drop us a question. We'll get to answering it on the next episode of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.